Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Hi, Matt. Hello. Matt George. Sorry, my t- my time management is about as good as the Sacramento Kings played last night. So. Oh, wow. oh my God. Jeez, this is that's Maybe he's with us. Us? Yeah, with you. Okay, you. With me? What do you mean with me? So let, let, let me let me just be clear. This has been a testy day. Like like these two. And I want to be clear. What do you mean these the, two? These that that one right there in that little booth, and this one sitting directly what across the hell? from me. They're talking about Keegan. They're they're just they're just tired of all. Matt, where are you what? after it happened? You can rewind the show, or we'll run it back. Right, we'll run it back next on Sacramento Sports. Yeah, we're gonna run back all this nonsense for two hours after. So they lost to Denver last night without De'Aaron Fox. Your feelings, Matt George. Well, first off, Jesse, I can say I, I relate to someone being on the other side of the glass that Damian Barling wants to kill, and I'll just warn you, the glass isn't thick enough. Run. Um, that's that's it only happened once or twice uh, a day. Um, I, <laughs> I need to go back and listen to the show because I'm really curious about what's been going on. But like I was I wasn't that upset about the Kings getting blown out. Truth be told, I went into the game with the expectation that De'Aaron Fox was going to play and that the Kings were going to lose like the. I, the, the maybe this is more of a narrative thing than anything else, but I think this matters. Like a defending champion losing, being swept in the regular season by a team like the Sacramento Kings, that matters, especially to a team coached by Mike Malone, who still has a bone to pick with this organization and takes every opportunity that he can to kind of reorganization's face that they made the absolute wrong decision in firing him. I went into the expectation, even if played, that the Kings were going to lose that game. That being said, there were aspects of last game that did not sit well with me. And I'll really, really quick. Like, there was one play in the third quarter. That's the question. The Kings are down, like, at this point. Mike Brown calls a timeout. I said, okay, Mike, literally, the, the, the a couple nights before, before the Miami game, Mike, what has he learned about this team? And his answer to that question was, like, their resolve, their resiliency. There's been plenty of times this season where this team could have folded game and they didn't. They kept fighting, and he praised that. And I questioned, okay, were they going to keep fighting or were they going to fold on the road, in elevation, no De'Aaron Fox, defending champs, blah, 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 blah. Were they going to fold or not? And there was a play where Aaron Gordon got the ball and jogged past three Kings defenders and dunked like it was a, a pregame warm-up line. That that moment, because the Kings are already getting up, uh, like beaten up. They're getting embarrassed. Right, their their fifteen point lead completely evaporated. Now they're down eighteen. They can't score the basketball. And now on the defensive end, you're not even gonna put a put a body on a guy or make a guy feel you foul him. I don't care. Like that that play is not the reason why they lost. But to me, that was a visible sign of quitting. There was that. There was Keegan Murray 
shooting the ball really well to start the game and then for the entire third quarter only taking one shot and this is a consistent issue with this team and now I'm looking at Keegan I'm going damn it Keegan speak up like De'Aaron's not playing Demonis Sabonis isn't scoring you are the guy tonight demand the ball tell Malik get me the ball tell Mike drop a play for me take that ownership of that opportunity and I don't think Keegan uh, did a good job of that last night and then I was I am concerned about with this Kings team how quickly they lose leads like they blow double digit leads almost on a nightly now a 10 point lead or a 15 point lead this season is not what it was five, 10 seasons ago. We know the scoring is at an absolute premium right now. No lead is really safe. That being said, for the Kings to lose a 15 point lead in four minutes and three seconds of game time, and then for the Kings to go up 15 to down 10 in less than a quarter, to me is, is an issue with this Kings team. When, when other teams go on runs, Sacramento spirals out of control, and that's even with De'Aaron Fox. So those were the things that I was concerned about or not happy about last night, D'Lo. But in total, like I wasn't too bothered by the Kings getting blown out and losing to the Denver Nuggets. So even with all that said, does this say anything about to you about this team moving forward? Were, were you all the things that you 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 mentioned? Are those things that give you concern or give you pause about this team closing out the season? Some of them do. I'd say two out of the three of them for sure. I think the runs and this team's inability to hold on to leads is a consistent problem, not a one-night problem, so I'm concerned with that. I think if the Kings were to, let's say let's say they make the playoffs of the sixth seed and they have OKC in the first round, because I heard you guys talking about the, the Thunder. If the Kings build a 12-point lead or a 15-point lead at home against the Oklahoma City Thunder in Game 3, like I should feel more confident about their ability to maintain that lead than I have over the course of the season. And I do at this point in time. Now I'm not saying that they have, if they're up 13, they absolutely have to win that game at home. Cause again, basketball is a game of runs and any team can explode at any given time, but the Kings cannot spiral out of control the way that they have done. So consistently with leads, especially at home this season. So that part is a concern for me, Kenny. And then I would say the Keegan Murray thing too, because we directly saw it in the playoffs. We saw game five here in Sacramento, Keegan Murray get off to a red hot start in that game. And the Kings completely went away from him in the playoffs. Now it's a rookie. I understand to some extent, but that you lost that game. And I think that was a major reason why. And again, last night, offensively, you were struggling to score. The only guy that seemed to have a pulse offensively outside of the first couple of minutes in the first quarter shooting was Keegan Murray. And you went away from him. I guess credit to the Denver Nuggets defense, but for God's sake, in a third quarter where you're getting beat down and can barely score 10 points, you can find more than one shot for Keegan Murray, even if he's being quadruple teamed every time down the floor. Does Keegan have the personality to demand the ball? And that and, 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 and I joke about Casey and, and, and Jesse and all that wanting to trade Keegan and all of that. Really, it's entering next year and how crucial this offseason is going to be for this front office and how important Keegan Murray is going to be to, you know, the ceiling of this basketball team. Does Keegan have the personality to, in moments like last night, in moments like we saw, I think, again, in in, in the previous Miami game, where I think he had 33 in that one, to demand the ball. Like, hey, it's me. I'm the one. I'm the one right now. To, to, to demand the ball through the course of a, be it a five-minute stretch, a 12-minute stretch, a half, 
a game. Does he have the, the personality to do that? The answer right now, I think, from all indications is no. But that doesn't mean that he can't develop it the same way he's developed as a defender. Like to me, a lot of the the personality that we're looking for in those moments is confidence. Now, Keegan will tell you that he's confident going into every game and he's confident shooting the basketball and he has faith in himself. But for a, a naturally quiet second year player to come out and start making demands of get me the basketball, I, I think that's I think that takes more than just having a personality that takes a confidence just in yourself, a confidence of what your team is doing. So again, the answer I think short-term is no, but the long-term answer is he better start developing it or he's going to be a role player in this league. Like that's the, we think Keegan is way too good just to be a role player, but if he's going to settle for being a guy that just poaches on the perimeter and plays good defense, he'll have a big role, an important role, but he'll never realize what the Sacramento Kings need him to realize. Now, at the same time, too, the Kings know what kind of personality Keegan Murray has. Mike Brown and that Kings coaching staff and that Kings uh, locker room, they know Keegan literally better than anybody else in the league. So they should know, too, okay, if he lacks the personality to say, get me the basketball, then I'm going to call a timeout, which Mike Brown called two timeouts in the span of three minutes to start the second half, I think. During one of those timeouts, say, let's get Keegan Murray the basketball, or even getting in Keegan's face and saying, Keegan, I give you the green light. Go out and get it. And, you know, Mike has shared stories before of calling Keegan out or cursing Keegan out. And then Keegan will go and do something on the floor and turn to Mike Brown and give him, an, give him an expletive right back. And Mike loves it. So Keegan has the personality to respond to being coached. Keegan has the personality to respond to having the pressure and the heat put on him a little bit, enough to turn around, hit a big shot, and then go right back at the guy that was going at him. So Keegan is capable of doing that. Keegan's capable of hitting big shots. We saw him try to single-handedly lead the Kings back in that heat game. We saw him Dan near put up 50 points earlier this season. We saw him get hot against the Golden State Warriors in the playoffs on multiple occasions. Keegan is capable of doing it. It is on him and it's on the Kings to recognize the moment, recognize the situation, and get him more involved. But yes, a lot of that has to do with Keegan's willingness to say, move my ball. And I also think it also falls into his limitations still as an isolation score in comparison to De'Aaron Fox. De'Aaron Fox last night doesn't, I'm not saying the Kings win if De'Aaron Fox plays and that big run doesn't happen, but midway through that run, De'Aaron Fox goes, everybody get the hell out of my way. I'm going and scoring myself. Hmm. The Kings did not have that last night. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. 
We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones so we'll never lose touch with civilization and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic? And conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. No, man. And when, when you talk about Keegan, the thing that the fact that people have told him that multiple times over the first two, two years, um, that makes me a little less confident that he's just going to develop it. Now, he's 24 years old. We talked about basketball, Damien, but as a man, 27 years mm-hmm. you know, old, like you, you find your voice a little bit. You'll be able to do things. So, you know, he can, he can develop that. I think maybe I was dismissive of it a little earlier saying he is who he is. Um, but, no, he can develop that the older he gets as a man and in this league. Um, but it, but also this year, like, I, at the same time, I kind of feel like, man, like, why we got to keep telling you this? You know, if, it, if it's, a, you know, a situation where multiple times I've said, hey, step up, be assertive, look to shoot, all this other stuff, and we got to stop having to tell you that. Like, you got to know. I thought he came out in that game, like, with a purpose, almost like he was upset that he didn't get the ball enough at the game on Monday. And he said, all right, I'm about to – I'm kind of pissed off about that. I'm about to turn up a little bit. Then he was phenomenal in that first quarter and a half, and then he just kind of uh, faded to Bolivian, as Mike Tyson once said. Yeah, I, I believe we – do we have Mike over here? <laughs> oh, I don't know that – oh, there's Mike. I don't know, man. I might just fade into Bolivian. Hate, maybe, it. Um, hate, it when, hate it when that happens. Hate when you fade into Bolivian. So I think what they're going to need from him, not just moving forward, but the rest of this season is – more of that first quarter, Keegan Murray, and less of the the third quarter. And I, I, I think he can provide that on a consistent basis, but I'm just not sure. I completely agree with you, Kenny, because I thought I actually made comparisons with how the Kings came out against Denver. I made comparisons to Heat culture and how the Heat played against the Sacramento Kings. It looked very much like a next man up. We're missing our star but we can still go out and we match up well against this team or we have had success against this team. Let's go out and let's get it. Plus we're coming off of a loss in a game that we probably feel like we shouldn't have lost or at least at home against a shorthanded team. And I thought Keegan Murray was the guy that stepped up and said, nobody's making up for the 27 points per game that De'Aaron Fox scores, but I'm going to do my best to take a lot of that load on my own shoulders and hope my guys can follow suit. I thought that's how Keegan approached the game. And it was, it was great to see. The problem is that can't disappear once things start going rough. Right, because filling De'Aaron Fox's shoes is not just replacing 27 points per game. It's becoming the guy that can help stop the avalanche when everything is spiraling out of control. And I thought, like, there's been elements of different guys doing that at different times. I thought that's been a role of Harrison Barnes a lot over the course of his time in Sacramento. And the Kings have needed a bucket to stop a run 
Look how many times they go to Harrison Barnes in the post. They didn't do that last night. So I think this team just got blitzed. Like, I think they were playing well. And I think it also kind of speaks to D'Lo. I talked about this on my podcast, and I know you've talked about this a lot on D'Lo and KC this season. Like, I, I, I think there's still just a sense of entitlement with this team. Just they get up and they're like, man, we're rolling. We're good. We're vibing. And it just disappears quickly and they get punched for lack of a better term. And they just, it's like a standing eight count. They're just, they're, they're dazed and they're like on the back foot trying to gather and teams see that they smell the blood in the water and they attack it. Like the fact that the Denver freaking nuggets had 20 fast break points in the, at halftime, 15 of them in the second quarter. Like that is a team that smelled blood in the water and just went after you. The reason why Nikola Jokic felt like he could get away with reaching across the body of Demonis Sabonis and creating that steal, which was a ridiculous non-foul Crazy. call, was because this Kings team was reeling, and he thought, you know what, we could probably try and get away with this. It's kind of the same way the Sacramento Kings reacted on the second night of a back-to-back when the Nuggets were reeling, when they were pissed off at the referees, and the Kings struck at that moment to help them win that game. So teams recognize when you're kind of dazed, and this this Kings team kind of gets a little full of themselves or gets kind of kind of into themselves a little bit. And then when they get punched, they have not reacted well to getting punched. And I throw Keegan Murray's disappearing act kind of into that mix. You were the guy early on Denver answered. And then your aggressiveness, your desire to score, your, your feeling like I have to be the guy vanished as well. And then Demonda Sabonis, at least he put up shots, but to the same time too, like Sabonis, this is why people, I guess, scoff and roll their eyes, which I thought was ridiculous and I ranted about last night on the podcast. But Sabonis, if, if Fox is out, like, I need more than 12 or 14 points or whatever you gave me. Like, at that, that's where you need to step up there in that spot, too. And again, it's concerning that repeatedly we're talking about offense. We're talking about this Kings team slowed down offensively, which is supposed to be their primary strength. And, it, and it, we've been questioning that all season long too which to me speaks to another kind of hidden issue of this kings team or maybe not so hidden anymore what's that just the the, this i think this kings team is offensively not the same as they were i think offensively they just don't have the same consistency they don't have the same rhythm and they are over reliant on the three-point shot it's it's sink or swim by the three. They're seven of ten from three point range in the first quarter. O of nine from three point range in the second quarter. A fifteen point lead becomes a ten point hole. If they're not hitting shots with or without De'Aaron Fox, they fall apart. I'm gl- I'm glad you uh, there's a there's a lot there. I'm glad you mentioned that thing with, uh, about De'Aaron. Do you think last night's game would have been any different without or excuse me? Do you think last night dumped this? Three, two, and one. <laughs> Do you think last night's game would have been any different with the Aaron Fox? I think the Kings still lose, like I said early on. I don't think the Kings allow that massive a run, and I don't think the wheels fall off as much as they did at all. I think I think De'Aaron Fox recognizes in that moment, we are completely falling apart. I'm going to stop the bleeding, and I'm going to get us back on track. And the biggest area that I think would have been different is not the Kings going from – Fifth down or up 15 to down 10 at halftime. I think it's not going from down 10 to down 18 the three minutes into the third quarter. I think that's where Dox kind of comes out, sets the tone, regroups, and says, okay, like let's let let's go, let's refocus here. Yeah. I think the Kings lose last night. I think the the final score didn't end up being that bad because of kind of the fourth quarter garbage time. I think this game is a lot closer than it was, and the avalanche that the the Nuggets rain down on Sacramento I think happens with De'Aaron playing. Yeah, I still thought they were going to come back with about four minutes to go. 
Well. <laughs> Not because I was watching the game, but circumstances. I'll tell you Kenny, guys one day. <laughs> Kenny had a tough night last night. Kenny didn't know what the hell was going was like, on last no night. There's no way she would have texted me. Yeah. Lost. Kenny, Kenny had a tough. But they're down 25 with three minutes to go. And it's going to get worse. What's going on here? Yeah, not not pretty. I've just it, Emotions have been all over the place. What do you, I had, I was like you, Matt. I had kind of my feelings about last night's game going into it. I don't feel that way about Friday's game, though. I know Minnesota's very good. I know they're a really, really frustrating matchup. At man listed is questionable, by the way. But I thank you for that. I expect Sacramento to be in a different position than they were headed into last night's game. I think you have Minnesota, who's probably not in the same position that Denver was. And I do think there's a lot of, obviously, basketball's a sport. It's physical. That's what it is. I think there's a lot of mental stuff that goes into this game as well, and I think there was a lot of mental stuff on the D- Denver side last night, and maybe some not in the most positive way on Sacramento's side, especially when things turned for them so quickly in the second quarter. But I have a different feel for tomorrow's game, not predicting a win or a loss or anything like that, but I expect Sacramento to look significantly better tomorrow night than they did last night. I'm completely on the same page with you. And I think a lot of it. Also I'm glad because you were looking at me in a way where I was the biggest idiot on the planet. <laughs> Matt, Matt had this look on his face like this dude lost his mind. The King's about to lose by 90 tomorrow. No, I was trying to unpack because I was like, I think we're saying the same thing. But I, I, I was waiting for you to turn it around and go, yeah, I think the Kings are going to get bl- uh, blitzed. I'm like, oh, well, I, I wasn't on the same page. Um, I think it's I, I mean, it, it's the I think it's the moment or the situation more than it's the game. And. There you I, go. Maybe yeah. I think some people were so bothered by last night's blowout loss, not because it was a blowout loss, but because it came after you didn't get your job done at home against Miami on Monday. And that's where I'm looking at like this four game stretch, which started out with the, in my opinion, the hardest win to get that win in Los Angeles to me was the hardest win for you to go out and get. Mm-hmm. And you got it. Like you, you did your work ahead of time. To me, the goal was always go two and two over this four game stretch 500 survive and put yourself in a great position for the six game homestand coming up. And a lot of games, you you have games against Memphis coming up. You have a road game against Washington, which based off of the past, maybe we shouldn't feel too confident about those games. But like I I was thinking go 500 during this stretch, put yourself in a feel good position to really attack this homestand that you have coming up. And that's where you can really move yourself up the standings and hopefully put yourself in a position to lock down five or six and create a little bit of separation with seven, eight, nine, and 10 beneath you. You lose to Minnesota. Now you're going into that stretch kind of barely holding on to eighth with the, the sharks circling of the Lakers and their comeback last night, the golden state warriors at any point, like you lose tonight and it's not out of the realm of possibility. You get hot during this homestand. You could be right back up to fifth in two or three games. That's how quick it is. But you don't want to put yourself in a position where you have to play very, very, very good basketball during this homestand, or you're kind of in the same spot you were. And now that homestand is behind you and you've got tough matchups against the Dallas Mavericks and things like that. I, I think the Kings want and need to go into these Dallas Mavericks matchups because both of them are in Sacramento, if I'm not yep. mistaken. Mm-hmm. I, you want to go into these matchups ahead trying to keep the Mavs back, mm-hmm. not trying to catch Dallas. Because I think Dallas is in a, a more comfortable position on the road with a little bit of a lead on you to where they could split those games and, uh, 
we split with Sacramento, but we're still on top versus Sacramento having the position to where they could split and still be on top out of those games. So full circle, going back to your, your, your question, D'Lo tomorrow's night's game, I think is whether De'Aaron Fox players or not, I expect better and I expect more engaged locked in for a full 48 because of the circumstance, not the opponent. Got you. I hear you. I sure hope so. Yeah. Uh, have you looked at Dallas' schedule, by the way? No. Uh, you you don't. It's not something you. We, we just noticed an interesting little note. They play the Warriors three times, and given the way the Warriors are playing, I I found that interesting. We they play the Warriors three times in the final twenty some odd games of the season. That doesn't make me feel good. Go Dubs. <laughs> the the funny thing about that is though, I, and and it's only go Dubs right now because the 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 Warriors are behind Sacramento, but. Like beating the Mavericks three times pulls yeah. Golden State right into that. Oh, wait, now they're competing now for they're a top six spot. Yeah, now they're right there. No, I feel that's lose lose because either the, the dubs are petty enough to not help the Sacramento Kings out at all and let the, the, the Mavericks win all three of those games. And I'm convinced it's oh, for pettiness. It has everything to do with the Kings and nothing to yeah. do with the Warriors. That, that could be well, true. I mean, the well, top 10 is already set, right? right. We know that's what, it feels what the like. 10 is. Yeah. So if the Warriors lose those three games, they finish in the 10th seed. Does it really matter that – or sorry, yeah, they finish in 10th. Does it really matter that much to them? I think the Warriors know that there's still a chance for them to get to six. I think the Warriors, Warriors know they're playing bound. They they know and, they can win, just so just like the Lakers do. That's why the, the, the play-in is so terrifying to me from a Sacramento Kings standpoint because whether they have home court advantage or not, the Kings, I think we we all feel confident saying the Sacramento Kings are a better basketball team than both the Lakers and the Warriors. I'm the really sorry, is- Matt. You sound like you're about to cook, and Jesse's making us end Uh-oh. the show. Yeah, Jesse Uh-oh. said we have to end the show. So go Dubs. Uh, so so <laughs> yes. well, we're gonna clip that, and that's gonna live on social no! media. No, no, uh, no, no, no. Matt George, Locked On Kings, ABC Ten. Thanks for being with us. You want more nonsense? Oh, we've got plenty more. We'll run it back next on Sacramento Sports Leader ESPN 1320. Vamos, nobody. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. 